Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. Uh, the end of John chapter 16 is the end of Jesus' last words, uh, the last night with His disciples in the upper room as they shared the, the, what would be known as the Lord's Supper together as He washed their feet as he told them he was going away, as he encouraged them. And, you know, if you were paying attention uh, to the songs that we were singing, several of those songs we were singing today were songs of in the, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of trouble. And that is very much the theme in John chapter 16. So, good work, Philip. Um, the, uh, it, that we are in the midst of, we, we see the troubles of this world honestly. It's a time of fear and uncertainty for the disciples. They don't know what's going to happen next. And then Jesus is giving them words of hope and encouragement in the midst of that. So I'm going to read now from John chapter 16, starting at verse 16 uh, to the end of the chapter to verse 33. A little while and you will see me no longer. <laughs> And again a little while, and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father. So they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, Is this what you were asking yourselves, what I meant by saying, A little while, and you will not see me. And again a little while, and you will see me. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you'll be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this word. We thank you for these words of Jesus that, were, that he spoke so long ago but were written down and preserved for us. We pray that just as they were words of comfort and hope 
for his disciples back then, that they would be words of comfort and hope for us today. Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you speak these words deep into our hearts, that they would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our lives, changing the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we live. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I saw uh, from my, my cousin uh, posted on Facebook the other day that her son was exercising so he could be a superhero, so he could be strong and grow up. And it's a, it's a common desire among many, uh, among many children, even many adults. We love superheroes. We love those who are strong, those who can win, those who can do, if you look at you look at Marvel movies, you look at Iron Man, and you look at Captain America and their strength and power, and we love these and we get excited about them. But when you think about what are the, in all of, in all of literature and movies, where does the greatest power actually come from? Who are the greatest, the untouchable superheroes? It's actually those who have died. Those who have died and come back to life. Gandalf the Grey, the wandering pilgrim, but he comes back as Gandalf the White, untouchable, unbeatable. Harry Potter goes into his death and he comes back and he cannot be destroyed even by death. We know that these heroes that they go, or I had one more, Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, in, when he's, a, and I forget which one it is, but it's actually, it's really actually a hologram of Luke. Um, but he's untouchable by all the lasers. He cannot be beaten. He's untouchable. He's not there. See, even in our literary stories, we know that when somebody passes through death, they become untouchable. And so Jesus here in the midst of facing suffering, he says, look, the way to victory here is not through greater power. It's not through strengthening yourself up. It's not through working out. It's not through military might. He says, the world is going to rejoice when I leave. It will look like I have been beaten, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, our problem, our big problem is that we face so much trouble in this world that it seems overwhelming. It does not take much to come up with all the things that are overwhelming in this world whether personal problems, whether financial pressures, whether family issues, or whether they're bigger things, whether we're talking about you know, wars and politics and global warming and environmental concerns and all these things that come upon us and give us and, and create fear in us. All the troubles of this world and say, what can be done about all of these things? And Jesus comes to us and his message to us this morning the main thing that Jesus wants us to know is that he has overcome the world. How has he overcome the world? He's overcome the world through suffering and death. Jesus has become absolutely untouchable. He has taken on the worst that all the world has to offer. All the pressures of the world, all the sin of the world, all the evil of the world, all those things that we feel directed at us. And he assured us in the, last, in the last chapter that we saw, that we talked about last week, we're going to feel those things as well. We still feel them. They were all directed at him. And we feel them too. But he took them all on. And he carried them and he took them to the cross. And as he died on the cross and then came back from the dead, he says, I have overcome the world. 
So even as you face these things, even as you face troubles in this world, you must take heart. It, 16.33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. All that the world, and here, here in this part of John, the world, the world is the world opposed to God. So all the parts of the world opposed to God, all trying to create fear, all trying to do injustice, all trying to get ahead for themselves, all trying to stir up anxiety in you. Jesus says, I know you're going to face all that, but take heart. Why? Because he has overcome the world. This world, this trouble that we see is not the end. And so Jesus here offers us three things to encourage us to take heart. The first thing he offers us is that the suffering is short. The second thing is that the connection is close. And the third is that the love is limitless. The suffering is short. The connection is close. The love is limitless. And yes, they're all alliterative because it's fun that way, right? But the first, the first thing is that the suffering, the suffering is short. This is Jesus' first message to his disciples. He uses the example here of childbirth. And he says uh, in verse 21, well, let me back up before that. He, before that, you might have wondered, like, what, what's this little while, little while, a little while you won't see me, a little while you will see me. And John, for whatever reason known only to him, feels the need to repeat the phrase like four different times as they ask about it and as they're confused by it. But the point of him repeating all that is it creates an emphasis for us. What is Jesus emphasizing? A little while. It's just a little while. In a little while, you will not see me. And then in a little while, you will see me again. It's a little. It's a short time. The suffering will be short. And we might say, well, it doesn't feel short right now. But as Jesus says about childbirth, childbirth does not feel short either. In the moment, it feels very long. And, and there are many, many can testify to that. Um, I, have, I have seen a few. Um, and the, the suffering of childbirth feels very long in the moment. But the joy is coming at the end. And so Jesus is telling us that in the same way, this whole life that we experience, the whole pressures of this world, the suffering is short, looking for an eternity of joy with Jesus because he has promised us that he has overcome the world. He has guaranteed the outcome. And so what he's telling us here, what he's telling his disciples, what he's telling us is that we need to adjust our perspective. We need to zoom out and see where this is going. You know, how we, I, was on a, you know, I was on a driving trip this week and you know, the question, how long is it gonna be? How long is it gonna be? Well, how long is it gonna be when you're driving? How long, you know, it's gonna be a while. We'll be, we'll be there in a while. When you're driving, that might be a couple hours seems like a while. But if you're in a fire, it's just a couple seconds is a while, right? What, how long something is depends on your perspective. What's coming out at the end of it? And Jesus is telling us that our perspective on this world, it seems like all we can see. But if we zoom out, we see that our 60, 70, 80 years, however long we have on this world, are nothing compared to the eternity of glory that is coming. 
the eternity of joy. And even better, we can experience the tastes of that joy right now. Because what did Jesus say in verse 22? I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. The suffering is short. The suffering that the disciples experienced while Jesus was in the grave and even the suffering that we continue to experience in this world as we have trouble in this world. Ultimately, it is a short time and we already have the joy that nobody can take away from us. So we need to keep our perspective on what this suffering is. We need to keep our perspective both on the length of it, that it is, it is worth it for the, the working on the eternal things that last forever, but also keep our perspective on that even in the midst of it, we still have joy that cannot be taken from us. How can we have that joy? How can we have that joy in the midst of the suffering? We can have that joy because the connection is close. Do you catch this, what Jesus said, in verse 26, this is amazing. In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. You will ask the Father directly. The connection is close. Why can we have joy in this world? Why can we be sure that Jesus has overcome the world? Why can we take heart in the midst of trouble and suffering? We can do these things because Jesus, in coming to earth, and then by his life and his death and his resurrection, he has brought us into the very life of God himself. This is what Jesus keeps saying over and over throughout these chapters in John, that the connection that he has with the Father, he has given to us to have with the Father. That as we ask for things in his name, in his character, the things that Jesus would want, as we come into this life and we learn from him, as we become his disciples, as we want the things that he wants, we get them directly from God himself. We do not need a system of intermediaries. We do not need someone to go between. I love to pray for people. I love it when people ask me to pray for them. It's a great privilege that I have as a pastor. But you do not need me for your access to God. You do not need any person for your access to God. If you have put your faith in Jesus and become part of his family, you have direct access to God face to face. In fact, here Jesus is saying, you don't even need him. It's not, you're not passing through Jesus. He has brought you right into that heavenly life that, that you have such a close connection with God. So where does your confidence come from? Where does your joy come from? It comes from your close connection with the Father. So what does that mean for us? What that means for us is that we need to cultivate that connection. If we have been promised this close connection with the Father, we need to live in that reality. If, you, if you're here and you're wondering, what is, this, what is this Christian thing all about? What does it mean to be a Christian? What are, what are you talking about when you say a follower of Jesus? What are you talking about what it means to be a Christian? Fundamentally, day in, day out, what does that mean? It means you have a relationship with God himself. 
That is the promise of Christianity. That is the promise of Jesus. That in his death and in his resurrection, he forgives your sins. And in doing so, he brings you into a close personal relationship with God. It's an amazing promise if you will take hold of it. Maybe you know that. Maybe you've been following him. You've put your faith in Jesus. You've asked him to forgive your sins. You've been baptized. You're part of his family. You still want to cultivate that relationship every day to remind yourself of the hope that you have, to remind yourself of who God is, to spend time with him in prayer, to spend time with him by reading his word, by reflecting on it, to spend time with other people, reading his word together, talking about the things of God, that we may remind one another of this close connection with God. Because that is where we find the strength and the confidence to have joy that nobody can take away from us to have perspective that the suffering is short, to have confidence that Jesus has overcome the world, to take heart in the midst of trouble. And so as we remember that the suffering is short, as we keep that joy because the connection is close, we get one final amazing reminder, and that is that the love is limitless. It's easy to skip over this and miss the significance of it. But pay attention Look at verse 32. Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. What's the significance? In the midst of Jesus telling them about their close connection with the Father and in their joy that cannot be taken away, he also knows that they will all abandon him. And Jesus, while saying that they will all abandon him, is saying it not with condemnation, not with guilt, not even trying to say, hey, don't do this. Stay with me. Hang on. He's just telling them it's going to happen. And yet there is still following that, I have said these things to you in the me that you may have peace, that, you, that in me you may have peace. He tells them about their close connection to the Father, that they will get whatever they ask in his name directly from the Father. He tells them that they have peace, even as he is telling them they will fail. Because the Father's love is limitless for his people. It is not dependent on their performance. It is not dependent on his changing mood. It is not dependent on the circumstances of the world. His love is limitless. His love for us was secured was, was, was demonstrated, was guaranteed by Jesus' death on the cross. His death on the cross for those who had abandoned him. If he could go, if he could make these promises to his disciples while knowing that they would abandon him that very night, and he could go to his death for their sake, knowing that all his friends had abandoned him, there is no way that you can go too far from God. So this morning, if you feel the weight of your sin, the weight of your failure, the weight of the things that you have left undone, that you have been unable to do, that you have walked away from knowing better, you knew you could have done this, you said, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm going to look out for myself. All that weight that you feel, all the things you have done wrong, God's love for you is limitless. And he calls you back to himself. 
and he promises you forgiveness, and he promises you a close connection, and he promises you joy in him. He knows the trouble that you will face. All the trouble, all the hardship of this world. Jesus experienced it all. And yet he comes to you with limitless love, saying, take heart, I have overcome the world. I have sacrificed myself into all the evil of the world. And that evil can no longer touch Jesus. And because that evil can no longer touch Jesus, that evil can no longer touch us either. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. It was enough for Jesus, it's enough for us. We are with the Father, and nothing can take us from him, because Jesus has overcome the world. So we take heart in him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you that you have overcome the world. Jesus, would you be with us? Would you show us what that means? Would you show what this means that, we, that you will never abandon us, that we can have joy in the midst of sorrow, and that we can look forward to an eternity of joy and glory in your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.